All right, good evening. How's everybody online and here? We're going to get into uh, uh, kingdom leaders. And you, uh, we spent time the last few weeks just talking about liberty and talking about uh, the ability of a, a leader's sight. And today we're going to get into uh, a little bit of a leader's... Uh, Humility and and uh, value awareness, understanding their value. Uh, I, <laughs> I've seen it a thousand times, but I actually we we actually went to see uh, the Lion King. Uh, uh, it's actually uh, it's really really good. It's pretty much for the most part, it it was the same for the most part. But it wasn't that. Yeah, it was some things that they left out. You know, not left out, but maybe they didn't. You know, they. They didn't get. Uh, they didn't get the revelation. <laughs> they, they didn't get the revelation. You know. So I was like, "No, I was just playing." Uh, but uh, but the. Uh, all right, I'll get into that. I'm gonna I'm use a piece of that, but I'll use it later on. I won't jump the gun there. All right, let's start here with leaders must know their value. Leaders must know their value. So not out of insecurity, prove their value. Leaders must know their value, not out of insecurity, prove their value. The scripture tells us in John chapter 8 that, um, uh, we'll just go to John chapter 8 real quick just so we're seeing it with our eye gate, not just hearing it with our ear gate. But uh, John chapter 8 verse 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now he wasn't talking to unbelievers he was actually talking to uh believers here um so you know sometimes we can skip through the, the the little specifics of the words but it says uh then jesus said to the jews which believed on him if you continue in my word then you are my disciples indeed i thought i thought that was interesting because he was talking to believers and they were rolling with him but he still challenged them, even though they were already rolling with him. Hey, if you can, uh, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. So he's, he's pretty much saying, you're not my disciple because of your proximity. You're not my disciple because you uh, you believe. You are my disciples if you continue in my word, and indeed means uh, in action. All right, you continue in my word in action, right? So, so which <laughs> I think about this passage because I think about how people probably receive pastors sometimes. It's like, well, you know, uh, I'm doing better than I was doing before. Uh, at least I believe, you know, or you know, or I am here. I'm at church, uh, but if you know, I'm nothing compared to Jesus. They rolling with Jesus <laughs> in the midst of all the religious pressure, and he goes, "If you continue on my word, then you are my disciples." Um, and then uh, our the key verse here. I just spent some time with that verse, but our key verse here is verse thirty-two. It says, "And you shall know the truth, not guess the truth, not second guess the truth, not figure the truth." It says, "You shall know. Be intimate with the truth, and the truth shall make you free." And um, we talked about this when we were talking about leaders operating liberty. When you know you operate in liberty, you're not trying to prove yourself, you're being yourself. You're not trying to prove yourself, you're being yourself. And it's so tough because 
um, you know, people that operate and don't know the truth or know the reality of who they are, you know, they uh, they operate in so much insecurity, which is okay because people have to grow through insecurity, but they hold other people hostage to insecurity, you know, so, and that's what's so frustrating, you know, like, um, as opposed to going in saying, okay, I got to understand that I'm really... Uh, I'm really, I'm really a challenge in this in this level that I'm at now. So, so thank you for your patience. You know, you're, I've seen people get mad with somebody else because they're insecure. <laughs> that don't make sense, right? Like, you know, uh, this is the early years. Of this, so I, I think it'll be okay. Uh, in the early years, I used to tell my wife, I was like, "Well, babe, hold on a second. I was like, I said. If if I'm the one that dealt with the infraction, or if I'm the one that's been hurt, and I'm supposed to be the one that's supposed to decide whether to get mad, but this is this is like way back in uh, so it's 26 years, um, in uh, next month, but this might be 25 years ago. <laughs> but I was like, hold on a second, <laughs> you know. But that was the early years of of insecurity. So. And as you grow as a leader, whether you're playing for a team or whether you're uh, ministry at your job, you know, isn't it amazing how we sense more insecurity when we get a promotion than we did before we got it? Mm -hmm. But you just were promoted. (laughs) Right? Like you just got a a promotion. (laughs) You know, so it's like, hey, uh, Jamal, you're captain of the team. And then you you like, man, I just wonder if I could lead these people. Uh, right. You just made captain, you know. <laughs> so they would have made you captain if they didn't think you could lead. All right. And so 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 when we struggle through not knowing, um, we a lot of times it's because we've been conformed to the world. And so I learned this. I, I learned this. I learned this in sports, but I learned this growing up in my hometown, which I'm going back to here next week well monday but uh sunday night actually <laughs> but uh so with basketball the key about basketball is you give you receive so the more you pass it creates passing everybody passes so you win everybody's happy like i know when i cut i'm going to get the ball so i so i pass it to pastor mel and i know when i cut she's going to pass it back but let's say if pastor mel is a ball hog right <laughs> So I pass it to Pastor Mel, but I'm passing it to her to draw the defense to her, right? So, 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 so I come down, I'm throwing it to her, and, and, and we always tell players, the first pass is to draw the defense. I didn't give it to you necessarily to shoot. I gave it to you to have the defense focused on you. So when I throw it to Pastor Mel, the defense looks her way, shifts her way. I fill in the lane where the defense was. Pastor Mel's supposed to pass it back so I can get a layup, right? But let's say if I pass it to Pastor Mel and she don't pass it back, what am I thinking? Well, if I pass her, I'm not getting it back. So, so since I know I'm not getting back, and then we pass it to Harold, and Harold does the same thing. Every time you pass the ball to Harold, Harold wants to prove he can shoot. So Harold just keeps shooting. Well, so what am I thinking now? Pass to Pastor Mel? She don't pass. I pass it to Harold? He don't pass. So I'm going to go, well, when I get the ball, I'm going to get me some shots. So, so then I pass it to Chris. Chris don't see what's going on, so he go, when I get the ball, I'm going to get me some shots. So everybody on the team is thinking what? When I get the ball, I'm going to get me some shots. 
right? So, so now everybody's trying to, Pastor Mel, you heard Pastor Mel over here? No, no, she's, we already know how she thinks, right? So I'm going to get mine, right? Everybody's thinking I'm going to get mine. So how that affects you is it creates selfishness. Selfishness beget <laughs> selfishness begets selfishness, right? And so, so uh, uh, this is, and so I saw this play out in uh, when I grew up in the neighborhood. It's like everybody was rushing to do things, but everybody was trying to get, 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 get. So what happens is, when you got something, you ain't sharing because you're like, this, this I, I finally got mine. But let's say if everybody was giving, 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 giving. Well, if you get something, it's easy for you to give because what? You know you're going to get something back. In the household, if everybody's just trying to get, keep to themselves, you know, that, you know, those my peanuts or those my Jolly Ranchers or those my uh, was, was, uh, sweetest fish, right? So if everybody start thinking like that, you feel me about that? Yeah. So, so, so if everybody start thinking like that, then what's going to happen? Somebody going to get some sweetest fish and they're going to keep it to themselves because it's all about this my candy. <laughs> right, right. So, 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 what? How that plays out in leadership is people jockey for position. So you got to ask yourself if you're trying to grow a leader, going to be a leader, are you jockeying for position? These are a few questions uh, that you have to think about. And, and and now this is good because as we grow and as we prepare, especially for this next stage of the church, and we got to bring in more leaders and and promote more leaders and shift uh, different positions and stuff like that, you get an idea. Like some people be trying to guess what their leaders are thinking. We've been telling you. <laughs> you know, no, 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 not just recently, for years. Go back and look at all, listen to all the, uh, the teachings. We've been telling you. This ain't the first leadership teaching either, right? Uh, so, so one, are you jockeying for position, right? So we, we understand if we put a person in position that's jockeying for position, he's going to be like the ball hawk. He's going to be like the person keeping their sweetest fish to themselves, right? He's not going to create an atmosphere where everybody's looking to empower each other. People are going to maybe hold back how they help him. They're going to hold back and following that particular leader because they're like, that leader's only about themselves. Nobody wants to follow, follow a selfish leader on anything, any team. I don't know how many of y'all play sports, but you get on a team and the dude is all about his glory and his self. Ain't nobody following that guy. If he's the top running back, ain't nobody blocking. Look, they sitting there positioning themselves like they blocking. But they just so happened to miss that block. No, they didn't. They're like, oh, you sweet? You can do this without us? Well, go ahead. Go, go ahead with your bad self, right? So you got to watch that. Then um, you, uh, you're not, it's not, uh, you're not, are you, uh, you're not a healthy leader. This other question, are you manipulating others around you? Is everything you do trying to manipulate and, and control the others, why? For your advantage. Everything is about your advantage. Are you positioning yourself for control? Are you positioning yourselves for control? This is a good one. Are you hiding from flaws? Hiding from flaws. 
So this is a key. A key, uh, key to leadership is sincerity. Sincerity is displaying the cracks, not hiding them. So when a person is consistently defensive, now, if you don't think somebody understands you, you're going to try to explain yourself, hey, I just want people to understand. But it's the one thing to give a person an understanding for clarity. It's another thing to try to convince people you don't have a flaw. You don't want them to see the bad side, right? Right, so hiding from flaws, hiding from flaws. So sometimes you, you know, you have to, because I know I have, you know, I can come across like I don't care that you're presenting a flaw when I go, yeah, I did that because that's where I'm at at this stage of my life. But that doesn't mean I'm not trying to change. It just means I'm accepting that I did that. And But the person might be trying to talk to me to change me right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. The, I, I don't like the way this looks or I don't think it's healthy for you. But I don't, I don't disagree that it's not healthy. I just have to accept where I'm at at that stage because if you know where you are, you can get where you're going, right? All right, so, 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 and then you have to ask yourself, are you seeing, when you're looking, when we talked about leaders' blindness the other week, are you seeing from the highest level of authority? So what I mean is from, from, as a whole picture versus sometimes we only see what's comfortable and important for us. It's like our whole, uh, our whole foundation is how we're going to look or seem not what's best for the whole. And these are just a couple questions before we get into some specifics here. Um, I shared this before, but I'll, I'll give it to you again. Um, are you appreciating the wisdom seeds that are sown in you? Are you appreciating the wisdom seeds that are sown? And one of the ways you show appreciation for the wisdom seeds is uh, by referencing the source of the seeds. So who did you hear it from? So as you get information, if you get information, just just reference. I mean, honor the seeds. So like, like, like if I hear something from Siobhan, Chris told me something. I say, I was, what I learned from Chris this week was such and such. That's just me valuing the wisdom seeds. First of all, I know, I know it came from God, copyright from heaven. I know if I said it, it came from God. Yeah, but God, I mean, Chris yielded to it and was willing to share it. So I value that by saying, hey, I was talking to Chris today and I got this. I was talking to Pastor Mel today and I got this. Now, sometimes you just don't remember or you just wasn't the folk. I get that, but there's people that purposely take stuff you know, to try to pump themselves up by using other people's information, but they won't reference the person. It doesn't change the, uh, somebody just said plagiarism. Uh, you know, it doesn't change the value of it because you, you share where you got it from. So if I say I got it from Ty, it still had the same impact. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have to like, look, that was sweet, wasn't it? I got it from Ty, but I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> right, no, we don't wanna do that, right? Again, we're we're it's a we're talking about a temperament of a of a solid leader, um, and this is the thing uh, you got to ask yourself: Are you a leader that loves the word, especially in a church or ministry or in the kingdom? Do you love the word? Because you love the word, what you going to talk about? Right. But if you if your whole focus is on yourself, if your whole focus is on yourself, what you going to talk about? 
Right, yourself and your issues. So if you find yourself talking about yourself and your issues most of the time, your whole life is about you. But if you find yourself talking about the word a lot, <laughs> right? Right, that's a solid leader. So, so uh, let's get into some, some things to consider here. As a good leader, we have to watch out for the comparison trap. We have to watch out for the comparison trap. So I'm going to give you, uh, I've given you before, but I'll give you the scriptures. We're not going to go over all of them today. But 2 Corinthians 10, 12, dare not to compare yourself, uh, the scripture says, with yourself and others. It gives you the word dare to open up. Paul gives you the word dare. Don't compare yourself with how you used to be, you know, because a lot of times we go, well, you know, I, I read, uh, Two times this week, I wasn't reading at all. No, well, God's not comparing you to what you weren't doing. He's comparing you to what you designed to do, okay? And then he says, don't compare yourself to others. God's not comparing you to what other people are doing. Well, I'm reading more than my cousin. Well, you may be reading more information than your cousin, but you may be reading less information for you, right? More than them doesn't mean that it's enough for you, okay? So that's why, you know, Again, at the church, sometimes you have to realize I'm at the, I'm in the pulpit. I have to communicate to a body. I'm not communicating to just individuals. So some stuff you may go may be watering for you. Some stuff may be revelation for you. Some stuff may be information for you. Some stuff may be enlightening for you. Some stuff may not have nothing to do with you, but God has given to you for somebody else you're going to talk to this week, right? But it's a universal communication. And the thing is, you have to communicate a standard. Parents do it all the time. You start with a standard and you say, okay, this is where I want you to get to. You just don't just blankly, okay, I need you to clean your room just because. Well, you're teaching them, it's, 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 it's a layer learning. You're teaching them behavior for their future. We were just talking about uh, my son whose birthday is today, and we were just talking about the, the assets of the things that he's doing, like the things that, you know, just, just honoring his growth. I'm still challenging him. I'm still directing him, but we were honoring like his where he's uh, I don't I want to say leveled out, but where he's at least consistent and resilient. Uh, but he said it. He said it uh, when he was talking to me. Uh, he shared something to me and and my wife. He says you guys have instilled some things, but there were goals. You understand? So as a leader, there's goals I, and and. And without, we actually was talking about this. You guys did a wonderful job for the uh, celebration. But we were talking about the excellence of what everybody did for the celebration and how the excellence created the atmosphere for the presence of God. But the interesting thing is, as you guys have been growing in the arts ministry, I guarantee you'd be like, why is that necessary, Pastor Mel? Really? I mean, I, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, it looked just fine to me, <laughs> right? You know, that's how it looks. But what y'all don't realize is y'all operate in the same way with the levels that y'all training. Them kids was excellent. The youth was excellent. So, so you can you you can almost like you could take it for granted because at a certain level, you're like, I don't think this is necessary. But then, that when you're training, you see how necessary it is, right? But if everybody relaxes restraint, everybody be all over the place. We can only be in agreement at excellence. Outside of excellence, we're, let's say if we just said, as a church, we're just winging it. We're just going to do whatever. 
Well, it's not like everybody be evil, but we'll be we'll we'll bump heads. We'll be all over the place. We got to start with excellence. That's where we could be in agreement at. All right. So 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 that's why it's important for us to realize these things. All right. So so I said that to say I don't comp you don't compare yourself to Pastor Keith or Pastor Mel, but use it as a target at least. You know what I'm saying? So 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 when we're communicating, we're not communicating. You need to be just like me. But you got to communicate. Like if I was lost and I'm found, I found a way out. So let's say we, you went into the maze. So I'm going to be like, I'm out. You figure your way out yourself. Wouldn't it be behoove me to share, hey, this is how you get out the maze. Now you may say to yourself, well, I don't think it take all that. I like the maze. The maze is comfortable. Well, I know it's going to be temporary, but you might not have crossed over to realize that what you're comfortable in, especially what you're not supposed to be in, eventually it's going to frustrate you. So I'm just giving you the information. So when you decide you don't want to be in the maze either, here's the directions. But I can't make you follow them, right? But I am a strong communicator, and it's real to me. Sometimes it's a matter of fact to me. But, it's a, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't change your choice. It challenges your choice. It stretches your choice. It inspires your choice, but it doesn't change your choice. Okay? Does that make sense? Because yep. sometimes, well, you know, he expects us to be. No, no, no. He's actually expects you to be what God says. <laughs> now, do you work that out? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? But, but I am his messenger to say, hey, the Lord said you might want to go that way. <laughs> Right now, you might go. Well, I don't want to go that way. Fine, I'm just letting you know the Lord said go that way. Does that make sense? All right, good. So, uh, and this is this is as a leader, just ask yourself something: Why can't you just be a part of the family? Why do you have to run the family? Why, why, why? Like, 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 like. Honestly, we've been afforded the opportunity to serve you as leaders, but we're not trying to run you. We're a part of the family, but we've been given the responsibility or the trust to guide and lead the family, right? Why do we got, people got to run the family? I, I, I heard this in the Lion King. Y'all know y'all's going to get some Lion King references, you know, since the movie is out. But uh, he was talking to his son, and he was like, uh, kings don't search for what they can take like everyone else, right? Basically, they search for what they can give. Uh, that, uh, you know, we came in, I, I, I had a heading for Lion King notes when I got in the movie. <laughs> I was already ready to rock and roll. Um, but I thought that was big, like as a, a king, and it makes sense. They're not trying to search for what they can take. They're not ready for that, that, that position of leadership because it's all about consumption. A true leader is all about impartation and giving. Giving and receive, giving and receive. So at the highest level is the highest level giver, like Jesus. He gave his life. So imagine if Jesus was thinking about what he could take. Once they start putting them palms down on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, that's what he's doing. Had the, had the, uh, the donkey nobody had rolled, had the gown that was uh, with no seams. You know, Jesus, I mean, think about it. He was like, this, this this could be pretty cool, man. You know, it's it's almost like a ticker tape parade after you win the Super Bowl, kind of. Well, it's way beyond that, but you know, well, I just used that. So 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 I can see Jesus like, hold on now, 
Think about the cross and think about how how they were celebrating. Hosanna, Hosanna, most high, laying down. They didn't want the donkey's feet to touch the ground. <laughs> they put palms down. That's what, Palm Sunday. They put all the palms down so his pathway would be palms and not dirt and grass and stuff like that. Like, come on, man. They're just worshiping him. Right? So he had a he had a perspective, but he wasn't he didn't show up for what he can get. He showed up for what he can give. So when we're positioning ourselves, are we positioning ourselves for what we can give? When we're dreaming and we're about to start something, a business, or or we want to participate in a level of use our skills, are we thinking about using our skills for what we can get? Or are we thinking about using our skills for what we can get? This is what's, what the what church struggles through. Church struggles through because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when God gives us a gift, the gift is first, is, a, is first supposed to be used as a seed, then God gives us a harvest. So the seed is what? Into, he, you sow it into his house, right? But what people do is they, 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 they're looking for opportunities to get fame, glory, and platform outside of God's house. And, and they go through struggling because it was designed for his house. And even if they get success, they get success with, a, with, with minds are so corrupt they can't even enjoy it. They're depressed in success. You know, sometimes you got you to gotta interview or, 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 or go through, I don't know if you, I watched through a lot of autobiographies of, of different people that's been in certain uh, professions. And the story is always the same if they wasn't living for God. Because the only thing you, you do for Christ will last. And so I was in a situation where I, I had this idea uh, this job sent me to this training of how to be your own personal trainer. And I was like, why would they send me here? Like, first of all, I wasn't crazy about the job at the time. And you sent me to a place to train me to be a personal trainer. And the Lord gave me an idea for a basketball program where I would train, get, get folk in shape, but get the youth in shape. But I also would uh, do a rap session, minister to them about the Lord, and then I would work on their games. Uh, it was called the Airs Program. But it wasn't called that at first. It was called KM&M uh, Skills Development Program. KM&M, Keith, Melanie, Amondale, King Masterminded. Uh, I drew the logo. Well, I didn't draw the logo, but I created the logo. I was doing stuff way back then. And it was a, 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 uh, I was thinking about David, because David was my guy. So it was a slingshot, but instead of it being a, a rock, it was a basketball going to, going to a goal. And then it was a scripture, uh, I think it was a, Second Chronicles 32, 8, somewhere around there, but they were endowed with understanding, you know. And so, but I, you know, I was, I was soliciting uh, all these different foundations, Carnegie and all these different people, uh, all, all these philanthrop philanthropists. Well, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, so, I, so I put together a huge proposal, and, um, but I kept running into this wall. I kept running into this wall. And, uh, and one day, you know, I sat down, I was talking with the pastor. I said, well, to be honest, I, this is just something the Lord gave me to do. I just want to be a blessing to the kids. That's how I was started in the first place, right? You know, I just wanted to work a couple of kids out, and the pastor asked me for a, a program. I was like, no, no, I just want the keys for the gym to work the guys out. I don't really. He said, no, give me a program. So I started putting together a program, and it evolved. To his credit, it evolved into uh, uh, the the program that we eventually did. So, so when I told him, I said, I said, well, Pastor, I just want to do the program. I said, I don't really care. I don't care about money. I don't care about nothing. I just want to help the help the kids. He said, okay. He said, let's have a conversation now. He said, he said, Keith, how do you tell somebody 
when they have an idea that it's the same as what the Lord wants to do in the church without them thinking you're trying to take their idea. He says, but now that you said that the Lord gave you this for the church, because what I said was, I said, I'll just do it for the church. I don't really care. And he says, well, the church has already, uh, at the time, he says, the church has already has this 501. The church already has the manpower, already has the resources, already has the facilities. He said, all you got to do is do what you do. You wouldn't have to be going through all that work. I was like, wow. I said, I never even thought about that. So uh, enter the heirs program. We did it for uh, 13 years. Um, to, you know, different youth from all different types of places. So, but what I learned there, so, so look, I sold, so the Lord, that was a precious seed, sold it into the church. I ended up working for the church, growing, finding out what I was purposed to do and stuff like that, and I'm here talking to you. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times, God gives us something and we don't offer those gifts to God first and let him give us a harvest. We, we hold them back. We hold them, and we go, yeah, yeah, when I, when I get to my certain position here, yeah, I'm going to use this to blow up. I remember I had a revelation on heaven and earth, man. I tried to hold on to that thing. Yeah, I was like, whenever I got a platform, I'm going to teach this thing, boy. Nobody never heard this revelation. Dude came into the church, taught the revelation word for word, re uh, scriptures, all my scriptures. And I was like, I ain't even talked to this guy. It actually was uh, Bill Wilson in, in, uh, out of Chicago. Uh, I forgot the name of his church. But I was like, well, how did he get the revelation? And the Lord says, so you thought I gave that to you for you? I gave it to you for the body. You supposed to share with everybody that came around you. But since you was holding on to it, I gave it to somebody that I know would give it away. Right? That's why at the church we give, we, we give everything away. And it hasn't stopped us from doing what God told us to do. Uh... All right, so why can't you be a part of him? Why do you have to run? So, so we're searching for what we can give. And so you got to ask yourself, are you searching for what you can give or are you searching for what you can get? Are you Philippians 2, let's go there. As a leader, are you searching for what you can give? When you wake up every day, when you're dreaming, when you're writing down your vision, are you searching for what you can give or are you searching for what you can get? Because that might be the holdup. My basketball game went to a whole nother level when I started giving away everything I know. And I remember that when I worked in New York, the, the kids would be like, so you sharing with me all your secrets. So that means when I get to your level, I said, stop. You know, I, I made that statement before. I said, stop. I said, I ain't waiting on you. It's not like I'm sitting here at this level waiting for you to get to this level. When you get there, you're going to overtake me because you got my information plus your skills. I said, no, no, no. I'm constantly learning stuff. <laughs> So I won't be waiting on you, right? So Philippians 2, 3, it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife, striving. See, when people are jockeying for position, they're always striving. Or vainglory, all about you, right? It says, but in lowliness of mind, that word lowliness of mind from our humility, humility teaching means humility. So you could say, but in humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. See, so it's all about what's best for others, not what's not about me. And look, verse 4 uh, uh, enhances it even more. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Right? Right? So, so that's what our goal is. Our goal is to um, extend ourselves or to give ourselves. 
And see, so that keeps us in position to receive our blessings. A lot of times when you're looking for what you can get, the adversary can always tempt you with carriage to pull you out of the, the, the presence of God or the position for your purpose. Because he can always dangle something that looks better. You know, that's, how, that's what messes people up with relationships. Uh, first of all, that's the first thing that messes up in our relationship with God. We get pulled into chasing lustful things, right? Then if uh, sometimes you're in, you're in a, a good relationship, sometimes you're in a good relationship with the church, but you're so antsy looking for what you can get, somebody can just dangle any little carrot to you and you get pulled. Sometimes we're so antsy for the stage of performance, we rush out of the presence of God's purpose and plan. And the thing is, you got to be able to accept, again, who you are, where you are, and the position you're in at the stage that you're in. That's one of the things also about the Lion King. What was his challenge? He didn't want to accept that he was a cub, like it was a bad thing. The dad that he was wanted to be like had been a cub. Everybody that's a lion had been a cub. But now you're going, well, I'm not a cub. No, yes, you are. You are a cub. You're a cub. <laughs> you may see some things, you may know some things, but you're still a cub. And so, but, but he didn't want to accept it. So the first time he almost, uh, he almost died, ended up going someplace outside the lines that his father told him not to go. Oh, come on, come on. Father's telling us not to go some places, but we just want going on. See, we think being a lion is doing what we want to do. No, being a lion is knowing what to do, doing what's best. We think being a lion is going into danger. No, 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 no. Being a lion is know when to avoid danger, Right? Right, so, so that's the thing. We we got it all. We think uh, the lion is about you have no fear. No, no, no. Being a lion is about knowing what to do with fear. See, see, <laughs> it's it courage is, is a person in fear that said their prayers. <laughs> see, so so we we think like like we were talking about. We were talking about the different levels of growing on the platform and speaking and stuff like that. Well, well, I remember how I was before I came up and spoke. And honestly, depending on the, the venue, I'm not like super overconfident. Even now, I, I play basketball. I, I haven't, you know, I don't play terribly. Uh, I, I played the other week. I hadn't played in a while. And so, so I haven't played in a while. I, I was pray, prayed up. I, well, I'm prayed up all the time when I play. But if I thought I was sweet, I, I'm not praying at all. I got this. What? You can't do nothing with me. What? You know, no, 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 no. I don't do that. I don't care if I'm playing. Um, uh, I play with my son and my grandson. I was praying. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, listen, I'm playing spades, I'm praying. See, I'm getting all my secrets. I pray for everything. Because <laughs> I'm not confident. I'm not, I'm not no, we, we ain't rolling with Keith. First of all, cards is a game of chance. Like, you know, you need some skill, but you don't know how the cards are going to play out. You know what I'm saying? Like like dice. You don't know how the dice going to roll. People, oh, I'm good at rolling dice. You're just good at throwing the dice down. Like, it ain't. It, that ain't determining the number on the dice. Right. Yeah. That, 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 is, that really is. But but anyway, what what I'm trying to say is, like, you, you, you have to understand that a, a, a leader is a person that understands that he can't do anything without God. A leader is a person that understands he can't do anything without God, right?
And that's the you know that's what uh, the uh, the father and the Lion King was trying to tell the son. He's like, you know, he he said, "Boy, you you was fearless." He said, "No, no, 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 no." The the reason why I did what I did because I was afraid. And so it was the first time he ends up in outside the lines, and he almost got eaten up by the hyenas. Him and his girl, right? Him and Nyla, right? <laughs> right? Because he's 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 outside. So he and then the second time he got baited. See, everything is connected. His decision was connected to his father, created something where his father had to put himself in harm's way and lost his life. But he would have never been there for his father have to father have to go protect him if he wasn't trying to fight to prove that that he was something that he wasn't. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what we do. We we we're affecting everybody by by just not allowing ourselves to evolve. See, the thing is, it's all about shining for some people. But realize this, everybody can shine when everything's perfect. Everybody can shine when everything's perfect. But I, I tell you, as, as me and Pastor Mel grow as leaders, we're looking for people who can shine when they're not perfect. You know, when, they just, when they're just genuinely sincere about who they are. And, and when we look at shine, we're talking about maintain your fruit. Can you maintain your fruit even if it's not perfect situations? You know, some people are really struggle with that. Like they struggle with with maintaining their fruit or focus when things are not going well. They easy like like if everything's going perfect, they locked in. But something else happens, it's gonna mess up the thing that they're good at. You know, I know some some some, some real solid leaders. Uh, something uh, catastrophic happened in their life. Uh, you know, and everything changed. And in some cases still have not recovered. It's a, supposed to affect you, but it's not supposed to stop you. It's not supposed to stop your momentum. You know, we have high level things that we do. Every, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to one of the young, young, young up and coming leaders. I said, well, when you have a lot of people and there's a, this is, a, and, and this is major, I said, that's when you had the most pressure. I said so. I said so. Don't trip because that person made that decision. I said, under pressure, it, it's overwhelming them. They don't want to mess up. <laughs> I said so, but you can tell where people are when there's high demand, because the bottom line is the the pressure don't change the situation. You still can only do what you can do, right? And you have to realize that. So, um, and this is the thing. The reason why that's important because when things get crazier and the storms start dancing. And it, and it looks like it's catastrophic. Guess what? That's where promotion takes place. See, promotion takes place in the storm. See, think about this for a second. Jesus walked on the water. Peter and them was in the disciples was in the storm, right? Who ended up walking on water in that storm? Peter. But I mean, now think about. We, I get Jesus walking on water. That was phenomenal, right? But Peter walking on water. That he, he got promoted. That's another level. Like he 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 uh, overrode the laws of gravity, right? But when did it happen? In the storm. It happened in the storm. You know, promotion happens in the wilderness. Look, Jesus was endorsed by the Father, and the next thing that happened was the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness. Right after he was, this is my son, Juan. Well, please, you would think. Sweet. Oh, y'all heard him. I'm the son who he's well pleased with. 
That's how some of us would have done. We'd have got overconfident. Oh, no, 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 no. God said that. Did y'all, did y'all hear what God said? Well, he didn't do that. He went to the wilderness and still passed tests. It wasn't over. Then after that, they said his name was famous throughout all Israel. But it still wasn't over. He, he still hadn't got on the cross yet. He still hadn't got persecuted yet. Then he goes to, I told you, Palm Sunday, and then, Hosanna, Hosanna, the thou most high. And it still wasn't over. He still hadn't got on the cross yet. See, we miss out on all the promotions. Uh, something, I, I don't have my phone, but it's cool. Don't, don't Nobody has to get it. But um, what, I'm going to, Holy Spirit, give it back to me. I was telling my son, I said, you know, we're proud of you that you crossed over to this level of, uh, of, of, uh, of getting to God's given purpose. Um, so I said, uh, don't stop now. Get it all. Dot, dot, dot. Get it all, son. <laughs> like, like, don't just get what, you, what you've been experiencing. No, get it all. And that's what God is trying to say to all of us. Don't just, don't just get that little bit of relief, you know. You know, don't just get out of debt. Go to abundance. Don't just get a promotion. Take over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 don't just get get a little bit of relief. Don't just be a little bit better. But this happens in the wilderness. Moses uh, uh, got promoted, you know, through wilderness. In uh, abandonment, Jesus, you know, Father, Father, why thou forsaken me? Right after that is when he got all power. Uh, Moses got pretty much, he had grew up with a family. He had grew up with he grew up with a family and became famous. He was he, Pharaoh and him was the two top leaders besides the the top dog. And then he had to leave that. He had to he had to go in the wilderness for a while. So you promoted an embarrass, embarrassment when you're in captivity. Uh, Joseph Joseph was locked up. Paul was locked up. Silas was locked up. That's when they got promoted in misunderstanding. Joseph just told his brothers a dream, and they flipped on him. Moses is just trying to lead them like God said. You know, Pastor Mel, Pastor Keith just trying to lead them like God said. They misunderstand. Well, uh, well, we hear from God just like you. That's Aaron and Miriam, you know, the congregation. Like, who are you? Why you got to be the leader? And then, you know, uh, Miriam turned and uh, got leprous, right? But, but it was misunderstanding. Moses is doing what God says. He's just flowing. It, it, it might not have made a natural sense, but it made God sense. And Daniel, you know, they flipped on him. You know, you're promoted when you're under attack. Saul tried to take David out. Jesus was attacked by the world. Paul was attacked by religious leaders. You're promoted when you're under attack. That's when you go to another level. Elijah, that's when he opened his eyes that he'll see. This is, the, this is uh, a key thing. You're promoted in the midst of inconvenience. When you when you're in the midst of it. Look, the, Joshua and all of them and the families, the children, Israel was, was going into the promised land. They had just got out the wilderness. Oh, there's the promised land. We can see it. We can see it. But then they had to go possess it. And they were intimidated because the giants was in there. So, but they had to be, they had to go to another level of sight and courage. As, uh, Joshua said, be of good courage. <laughs> Right, you, like, but this was when they was ready to possess the land. Moses was in the palace, was inconvenient to leave authority and power.
to go into the wilderness to get the power God originally had for him, right? Jesus, after we just talked about after his endorsement and after Palm Sunday, right? David was chilling with Saul in the kingdom. Now, now the, the dude, you like, imagine us, you finally elevate to that position. This won't happen to y'all. But you you close to the leader, then the leader starts throwing javelins at you, trying to kill you. So in the midst of that, he was being promoted. He ended up crossing over to a letter of promotion. And this is the thing, like, like God is trying to get stuff to us and see, and our job is, is to guide you, but also to what God pours into us to pour out into you. So, so we're supposed to release what's it, that, that inner spirit. You know, remember we talked about the, the, the uh, leper's anointing, the priestly anointing and then the kingly anointing but the kingly anointing is an impartation but what you submit to you have a right to draw from so the people that go deep in 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 pressing and following God's delegated authority are the people that uh draw on the leader's spirit within but the people that don't go deep they follow their own agenda they lean to their own understanding see again I like Jesus. Jesus was like, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of the Father. So people followed, pressed into him and was able to receive some of that anointing. Joshua was able to receive Moses' anointing. Go, go back and look. As people start following Joshua like they follow Moses, but Moses was following who? God. You see what I'm saying? Elijah was following God, so when the mantle was placed on Elijah, he was able to receive that, a double portion of that anointing because he pressed for years, washed his feet with that. Listen, dude. And then even when he said, no, no, stay right here. Stay right here. I'm about to go to Jericho. I just need, no, no. He like, I no, no. I remember the revelation. I heard you. See, that's the thing. When you really pressing, you hear. Some people don't really press. They, they, when they jockey in for a position, people that jockey for a position don't hear a leader. You could be talking. You could be saying everything right in front of the face. They ain't hear nothing you said. So it was a situation at a church and, uh, you know, you have a person that's just growing as a, a young leader. So the pastor gives the person instruction. So they come to me to give me the, the, the information. So I asked the question. I said, what exactly did he tell you? So then, you know, again, trying to hide flaws, they get defensive. All I'm saying is that you're trying to break me down. No, I'm just asking you specifically, what exactly did he tell you? They're going on. I ain't trip. I just let them finish. I said, okay. I still need to know what exactly did he tell you? Because what they were giving me as instructions was something the leader said never do. But instead of me assuming the person was tripping or had their own agenda, I said, they didn't, I discerned, you didn't hear the person. You probably was so being in a rush to carry out, I'll go tell them, you didn't hear what to tell. <laughs> you know, and so finally, the person told me what, they, what, what the person told them. I said, no, no, they didn't. They kept saying, well, this, that, nothing. I said, you didn't hear him, did you? She, she said, no. I said, because with the instructions you gave would have got me in trouble. I said, listen, you got to take the time to get all the information before you go running to deliver a message. Just because their goal was just the performance, not the information that was going to complete the you know the the task or, or the purpose of what the guy had so we have to watch that as we grow in leadership um 
when you press in, you'll pick up, you'll draw, you'll follow, you won't lean to your own understanding. You'll be, you're not leaning to the leader's understanding, you're leading to God's understanding. You're, you're, you're serving the man of God. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So don't follow a man or woman of God if they're not following Christ. Keeping it real, it's hard to, you know, my wife is not submitted to, to, to Keith. She's submitted to Keith as he submitted to the Lord. See, as unto the Lord. So, so, so I have a responsibility as a husband to be under, under the Lord. Remove the Lord, Melanie is not following Keith. Keith ain't, ain't that sweet. Keith ain't sweet at all without the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so that's the key. So some people want people to follow their, their head or, or their confidence, but it doesn't work that way. So a, a true leader is not moved by flattering compliment, but heartfelt connection. So a true leader is not moved by flattering compliment. And so as you know, you grow, you see people, they, you know, as they, and again, people aren't being evil. It's just some people are used to jockeying for position. So there's always a lot of compliments, a lot of, oh, you're special at this. Oh, you're wonderful. Man, I ain't never seen nobody do this like you. And again, there's nothing wrong with complimenting people. I'm not saying that. But if your motive is just to, to, to get in through, uh, you know, flattering words. Well, solid leaders, and I'll, you know, you're getting all the, all the, if you want to call it the G sheet. Me and Pastor Mel, we're, we're not moved by flattering compliment, but we are moved by heartfelt connection. You bring us to tears. And so some people actually, you know, and, I, and I, I'm sharing everything. So transparently, as I grew in the church for, we was there for 18 years. I said this, now I ain't said a lot, but I said it to the pastor. I said, I mean, I appreciate, I, I went to the movies with him sometimes. I, I actually uh, went to games and stuff like that. You know, we, we did some things. We would talk about uh, the Cowboys and different things of that nature. But I said, really, I don't, I don't, I appreciate those things, but that's not what was important to me. What's important to me is what's in your spirit. So I wasn't always in proximity. Major events, I wasn't even around. Major events, I would see. I'm not telling you you got to do this. But I would see them, and I'd be like, okay, well, I, I worked at the church. So I was like, wow, well, I'm always around them. Let somebody else be around them. You know, I just go somewhere else. I, and I be, now he, he don't know this, might be seeing this now. But I'd be like, man, there you go again over there. You know, I was going to go over there and kick it with them, but I can't because he's over there, and I want them to enjoy being with him. So I'd be going over here. It was all about me getting what's in that person's spirit. Because, see, how did I get, I get into that person's spirit? I mean, I listened to every message. I, I was locked in. I was tunneled. You know, I, I wasn't playing around. Like, I was, I was watching. I, I saw the tangibles and the intangibles. Right? Because I needed something. But I needed something within. I just didn't need to, like, look, there's Keith with the pastor again. Man, I didn't care about all that. You might not have never seen me with the pastor. But if I open my mouth, you'd be like, man, you seem like you've been around him for a long time. Now I was getting what was in the spirit. So that's what you want to do. It's not about uh, flesh connections. It's about a spiritual connection, right? So a leader is not moved by flattering compliment, but heartfelt connection. All right, so we talked about this earlier, but I want to give you this. Uh, uh, a leader has a high-level skill set. He has a high level skill set of operating in excellence. So a leader, a good leader has a high level skill set and that skill set is operating in excellence. Scripture says everything should be done decently in order. Now now I have to have to uh just just share this because 
we have perceptions of what order is. So some people think protocol and 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 systematic operating or sequential operating in sequence is the only order. No, we're talking about being led by the spirit order. See, see, and the thing is about being led by the spirit, you can't oh, this is good. You can't um it's not about a habit or you know, because some people are all or none. Okay, just show me how to do this so I could do it this way all the time because they don't want to flow in the spirit. They don't want because they don't want to mess up. So if you say, this is the system, okay, we're going to go through the doors three times, spin around seven times, we're going to touch the pole, and then sit in the third seat, and then go sit in the third seat, and we do that every Sunday, even though that sounds complicated, some leaders, if you give them that information, they're good because they know exactly how we got to do it. But if you say, okay, that's the foundation of how we do it, but there's certain days we have to be led by the Spirit, that leader's frustrated. Because they don't want to yield to the spirit because they got to walk by faith and they don't want to risk messing up and they don't want to risk rest. They don't want to risk messing up. They don't want to leave that in the Holy Spirit's hands. But that's what that's what operating in decency and order is being able to flow with the spirit. See, so when people I, I thought you was thinking this, well, then you wasn't flowing with the spirit. Because the spirit would have told you but that's not even close. So sometimes we got to press in to have that, that our, our, our discernment sharp. How do you think we lead, we being allowed to lead you guys without getting offended, without alienating people? I mean, regardless of the, some people may at times get clouded and feel alienated, but we're not alienating nobody. They ain't talk to us. I talk to some of the people that uh, have had uh, major uh Sessions for hours, three, four o'clock in the morning, three, four o'clock in the morning, waking the other pastor up. Imagine for years. How, so, so, so we ain't discarded nobody. They didn't get pushed out of position or nothing like that. We, we, we don't roll like that, right? So, how, how is that possible? Because some people have disregarded us, been irreverent to us, flat out at times disrespectful. But we're not, we didn't get offended. We looked for an understanding. How is that possible? Because the Holy Spirit is discerning that, that person's heart. They might be in fear. They might be scared. They might think they're going to lose a position or they've been disregarded all their life. Whatever the case may be, we always try to find an understanding. Right? So, so uh, in this season, it, the Lord is going to challenge you to reciprocate that. <laughs> All right, so, so, so again, you, we've heard this here at the church before. You're not excellent. When you think of a leader operating excellent, you're not excellent because uh, you're, you're uh, asked. You're excellent because you are. See, and what that means is excellence is attention to detail, going the extra mile. Ah, what's, what's the big deal with that? Ah, that doesn't take it. That doesn't make a difference. Ah, so what? Right. But excellence is I'm going extra mile. This is who I am. Not just because I'm asked. Some people are excellent when someone asks them to do stuff. If you don't ask them to do stuff, they ain't doing nothing. So, so me and a few of my leadership, leader friends back in Ohio, uh, this is a, we we you know we young we would laugh but we we would still teach people. So he was called me up. He said, "Man, you gave me this youth. I worked in youth ministry. You gave me this youth to work with me." He said, "You kidding me?" I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Okay, if we tell them to do something, 
he does it. After he does it, he stands there and watches everybody. If you don't have, if you don't say nothing to him, he ain't doing nothing. He says, "What type of household does he just call me up? Uh, you gonna remember this? What type of household he grew up in? Like you're watching us pick, gra- like you would think you would at least okay. Well, let me just help with what I can see. But and then in his mind, I did exactly what you told me to do. Yeah, appreciate that." But see, the, the, see, going the extra mile, operating the excellence is, is uh, looking, studying, observing, so things are taught and caught, right? And so, so, but some people, the reason why they don't go the extra mile and they only do stuff when they ask or, 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 or they can only operate systematic because they're tangible, tangible incentive-driven only. So tangible incentive is different than intangible, right? So... If, if they have a tangible incentive, you, so in other words, if I come up on a platform and I know there's an audience of people watching me, I'm, I'm motivated, I'm moving. Or if, if family members coming in town, I, I, I'm moving. Or if there's a crowd, hey, 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 go over there. Hey, hey, do this over there. They, they, all of a sudden, they're alert. But if there's no crowd, if there's no platform, if nobody knows, they'll still do stuff but they're not as motivated because they're tangible incentive driven I did a Bible study on campus and so the the pastor had asked me this is true so people could take this you know because I got to tell y'all that we got to learn so he said he says well I want you to get every I want you to get the collection of all the ministers right well some ministers if it wasn't the church platform pulpit it wasn't important so so the, the, the students was used to me being there on time every week. So sometimes these guys would come call me five minutes before. I'm not going to be able to make it. Sometimes they wouldn't call. They just wouldn't go. But they wasn't worried about losing nothing because it's to them, students on campus. They're not going to, I'm not going to elevate in ministry or get a speaking engagement coming here. Nobody knows. I want to speak in front of the thousands. Tangibly incentive driven only, but uh, he's not here today. But you can ask Isaac. Isaac calls me one day because uh, he was at uh, one of the universities. He says, uh, "He says, uh, Minister Bradley, I just want to let you know uh, that the students have finals, so right now it's just me here." I said, well, "I'll be there in about five minutes." And so when I got there, he says, uh, "I was I was thinking you wasn't gonna come." He says, "Since it was just you know right now it's just me." I said, "Well, there's one or a thousand. I don't know who I'm talking to. You could be the next Billy Graham. I said, I'm showing up the same way. I did a, a Bible study with the athletes in action, so I was doing a, uh, y'all, y'all, the, the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, the, that's the uh, professional uh, uh, hockey team. So at the end, the guy, the guy that asked me to do it, he came out, he says, man, because uh, a lot of guys didn't show up, maybe like six or seven guys showed up. He said, uh, I noticed something. You the same way every time I see you. You got the same passion. It could be five people. It could be 25. It could be 100. I noticed you ain't changed. I said, first of all, I love the word and I love people. And everybody's valuable. See, because what we've learned is we can't just be tangible incentive driven. We have to be intangible incentive driven. Knowing that, like, whatever you give, God's going to take care of you. But but see, some people don't see God, so they don't think they go. If what they do behind the scenes is just as important as what they do uh, up front.
right? But if you see God, you'd be like, everything you do, even if nobody sees you, you know God sees you, right? So you got to ask yourself, do your words speak louder than you? Do your words speak louder than you? That would be your actions, okay? <laughs> and, um, and, and, and this is the thing. A leader has to uh, be able to multitask at high levels. So high-level tasks, operating high-level tasks, but they're all in excellence, not just the one thing you, you've set your mind on. And so when, a, when you're a solid leader, there's very little drop-off when there are various demands and pressures simultaneously. There's very little drop off. When sometimes some leaders are only good if they can just concentrate on that one thing. If something else comes up, it's drop off on even the thing that they're good at. And what that is, is we, we, we haven't stretched our focus to understand that it's not just about this, this one area. Things will come up. But, but, but you still are expected to perform in excellence. Guess what? No matter what's been going on since last year, you guys still expect. Look, if, if, if I'm not studying, I'm not reading, I'm not praying, uh, y'all yeah, be like, ah, oh, you know, there's a lot going on, I understand. Actually, sometimes you probably just take it for granted. But I can't change the demand because of all the things going on. You see what I'm saying? We had a whole lot of high-level things going on, people in the hospital, people going through this, that, and the other. We still had to, high-level, be able to yield to the Holy Spirit for that person to be healed. Like, it doesn't change because we, we got to sell a house or we're trying to get a church or, or uh, this week we had 17 different counselings. It doesn't change. You understand what I'm saying? But some of us, we go, well, the reason why I couldn't do that because... All these other things came up. You're not supposed to be doing it anyway, right? We're supposed to be yielding to the Holy Spirit. You just have to place another demand on the Holy Spirit, okay? All right, so, so I, you know, a leader operates in high levels of patience, high levels of patience. I'm trying to get as much as this pops. I don't know if we're going to talk about this uh, next week. At least it wasn't my plan to talk about it next week. We may have to. High levels of patience. Luke Luke twenty one nineteen. It says, "Through patience you possess your soul." Right. Uh, 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 James chapter chapter one verse two to four says, "Count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, different tests." Look, it's saying you're gonna fall into different tests and trials. Right. It says, count all joy when you fall into different tests and trials, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you perfect and entire, lack of nothing. What happens when? with seven things come at you at the same time. First thing that you attempt to do is be impatient, to panic, right? And, or, or you, forget it, I'll just do this. And you almost think it's okay that you just, uh, what does the scripture says, don't faint in your mind, that you fainted in your mind and you've excused yourself because you're like, with all this, I don't have to be focused. That's not true. The whole purpose of it was to steal something that was important. And, and the moment you dropped your guard, you cost yourself something that you needed. Something I learned, I was playing the chess master. Uh, I've told this story before. And I had him. I had him. This dude would always make his moves right away because he used to play speed chess. Uh, you know, you, you've probably seen that on TV or if you've ever been to New York. And, um, but this time, I had him. That dude was thinking, he probably was thinking for probably 25 minutes. 
Never did this before. So I'm sitting there going, dude, whatever you do, I got you. I got five different possibilities here. The phone rings. The ro- Listen, anybody play chess understand this. Don't answer the phone. Because you're going you're gonna to lose your sequence. It's going to distract you from your focus. But I'm a compliant worker. He didn't answer that phone. He knew better. Well, first of all, he was in the jam. I answered the phone. When I came back, I had the five moves, but I had lost the sequence. And I could have got the sequence back if I was just patient. But what I said was, man, pretty much, you know, and I wasn't even thinking, I pretty much I got him no matter what I do. Lost the game by one move. Some of us are losing our opportunities by one move. By one move. It's just one move. Soon as you, soon, soon as you, you, you faint in your mind. And you excused it by, it was a lot of stuff going on at the time. And see, so, so again, as we have to be patient. You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have to be able to communicate effectively under pressure. Like, like, so, so going to this next level, high demands, huge audiences, great platform, you have to communicate effectively under pressure. Responding, not reacting. Guess what? Communicating effectively under pressure is this. Caring enough to listen. It don't matter how much is coming at you, caring enough to listen. Some of us have a limited capacity to listen. But what you're saying to the other person is you're not worth me extending my listening capacity to really understand you. You're not worth understanding. What, what I believe about the situation is the most important thing right here. I don't want to understand you. That's, 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 you, you're, you know, uh, I know they were talking about the circle of life, everything is connected. How can we be connected if we don't understand each other? And sometimes it takes a lot more detail because when you've been checked out, you haven't been listening. So put it this way. Every time you check out, you're piling up the information that you have to consider to understand. So when you come back the next time, there's more information. Then if you, if you check out again, guess what? You just, now it's more information. So you could have got, let's say, uh, an hour conversation. You'd have turned an hour conversation into a three-hour conversation. Then you'd turn that into three-hour conversation every day. Then you'd turn that into a three-hour conversation for a month till you finally understand. <laughs> right? So, so you got to take the time to listen to understand. Right? Uh, most leaders don't care, so they aren't listening. Most leaders don't care. Like, like you're, you're a peon to them. Yeah, so they're not listening. You know, so we have to embrace stillness, not anxiousness. Stillness. We, and, and we have to listen because a lot of times leaders only listen to what benefits or agrees with them. So if you agree with them, they can hear you. If it benefits them, they can hear you. But if you don't agree, if they may find out that they're wrong, they're not listening. Matter of fact, if they, if they recognize in a conversation, uh-oh, there's something I didn't see, the conversation's over at that point. Oh, we're shutting this down. Because I'm going to discover a flaw, an imperfection, or something I didn't realize. That's actually a good thing. <laughs> like, if you discover something you didn't realize, it's a good thing. But that's when the conversation is normally over. Right? And we can't do that. We can't do that. Uh, I know I'm extending this a little bit because I want you to get this information. Um... I gave you that. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. Philippians 4.6, be anxious, careful, or worried for nothing. Right? I just gave you three different versions. But, but 
but they all say the same thing, right? So, so, so something that I had to learn to be uh, as a basketball player, when I first started playing basketball, I was very a nervous wreck. Uh, could barely even see. But what I, what I grew, I grew to be what they call calm, cool, collective under pressure. So no matter what, I'm not right. I wasn't rattled. Like, you know, I just not. I'm going to be the same temperament all the time. So, and again, you know, as we, me and my wife's girl, my, you know, my wife is, is very athletic, but she didn't necessarily play with uh, sports teams. So sometimes my response would be like, why is this dude, like, do you care? I care, but I can't react. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes calm, cool, and, and under pressure looks like you don't care, but you really do. Um, and this is this. I, I I wanted to get to this. I just want to give you this so we can end here. Uh, the last thing we're gonna say is uh, a a solid leader doesn't jump to conclusions. A solid leader doesn't jump to conclusions. You can reference the jumping to conclusions teaching, but doesn't jump to conclusions. Uh, Proverbs twenty five eight. Proverbs. You just write it down, and you can look at it in the message. Now, the, the other versions say, don't just be judging stuff too soon because you may, when they give you the rest of the information, you may, you may end up being ashamed because you jump to a conclusion and then once all the other information out comes out, you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I saw this all the wrong way. So don't jump to conclusions. But the, uh, the message says, don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good explanation for what you saw. And so, 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 you know, I try to operate to try to seek and understand, right? Try to seek and understand. Uh, and, and it can help you not to jump to conclusions if you uh, maintain, a conversation, uh, maintain the conversation until you reach a mutual understanding. Maintain the conversation until you reach a mutual understanding. That's called resolve, which, is, which in, in our generation has been thrown in the garbage, Resolve is almost a lost art. I don't want to resolve it because I may discover something I don't know. I don't want to resolve it because I may discover that I jumped to conclusion. Right? But resolve is, is very important. You know, we got to spend less time trying to defend our honor, our position, and how good we look or our flaws and spend more time with trying to understand the people we're supposed to connect to. Right, that's what solid leadership is. And as you grow as a leader, that's what it's going to take to lead people. You know, we talk about it all the time. You address behavior. You don't have to get upset. You don't have to respond. You could just say, hey, hey, talk to me about why you did it that way. Talk to me about what you were thinking. Uh, we had a situation uh, Sunday. I asked the leader, okay, my, my, my first approach was, all right, so explain to me why you think I chose to do what I did the way I did. And, and surprisingly, I didn't tell the person at the time, but surprisingly, the person's response, they didn't understand. They, they didn't see it. But not that they needed to. They just didn't see it. So I actually thought they really was going to say, you know what? But then once I explained to them, okay, I never looked at it that way. But down the road, I guarantee that person's going to have a conversation with somebody, and they, it's going to be the same conversation. They'll be like, so, so maybe back then, then I'll get the call. That, that, that I've been getting my son from my son over the years, Pastor. I see why you 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 presented that that way. But I asked a question, and I continue to ask questions, and then I give a an understanding. I was back there. If you back there with me, if you if you assigned to me, 
I'll be doing teaching moments. I'll be like, hey, so this is why I do this. This is why I do this. This is why this was done this way. You know, so if you talk to Isaac and interview him the whole Sunday, I was like, okay, so this is this happens this way for this. So what you want to do in this situation is this. So if you're around me back there, I'm just I'm just be sharing stuff, you know, because I want people to understand. All right, that's enough for today. That's enough for today. Just a little bit on leaders. I have some more stuff.